0: Thank you
1: I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're
2: listening to Two Two Average Average Girls. Girls. Happy Tag Tuesday. Hello. How are you? I am. I always have, I feel like I always say something bad and negative. Maybe you should ask me how I am. How are you? I'm great. (laughs) Can we get to me now? Back to you, Denise. What's up? (laughs) I am doing better because you brought me, you brought us donuts. It was so I don't know if I should love you or hate you for that. I went to Pilates all week. I'm doing good. I'm getting ready to go on a vacation. Yeah. And you bring donuts. Listen, I'm going to be on a boat. Yep. In a bathing suit. You won't regret having a donut. With ultra marathoners. Oh, that's their problem. You know what that means? They run a lot. Well, listen, you won't regret the donut. I'm. It I made you happy in the moment. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. I, and I'm on a sugar high. That might be why I'm, you know, all jacked up <laughs> right now. Calm down. I've got some Diet Coke. I've yeah. got my sugar. Yeah. I'm... I'm pretty excited.
1: You are pretty excited. We need to give a shout out to DK Donuts. If you're from Orange County, Central Orange County, you know DK. They're the best donuts. No, they they're are. They're the best donuts.
2: I've, I've, I'm kind of a donut connoisseur. Me too. But I stopped like exploring because after a while, <laughs> it's just a disappointment, right? You know, like, yeah. you know, Dunkin' Donuts acts like they're good. You don't. I, well, listen. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't say that. Should no, I, I that like Dunkin'. No. <laughs> Sponsored by <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. I like
1: Dunkin' Donuts. They have a specific nope. vibe. There's something about the Dunkin' Donuts situation. They are East Coast. When I'm in New York, I get a Dunkin' Donut. I'm fine with it. I don't eat Dunkin' Donuts here in Orange County. I don't feel like it's worth the calories. No, oh, I do. A donut's always worth the calories. Really? And then, then we're moving into sort of a Krispy Kreme sort of situation, which is uh, sort of big business donuts. But I like the Krispy Kreme. I do too. They are specific to what they are. Right. DK is a mom and pop. I know. And they make the best donuts I
2: have ever had. So it's Mao. Is Mao the Mao is the mom? owner? Okay. And I know that because I we've lived here for twenty something years, and yeah. I used to literally every single day when my kids were little. Well, first of all, I never drank. I never drank any caffeine until I became a mom I didn't have heaven. coffee and I didn't have Diet Coke right. ever right I had Mitchell who never slept and I was like a walking zombie and then coffee came into my life yeah I don't drink coffee now and also then Diet Coke came into my life and True. we lived by Stan our friend yes. that we've interviewed if you haven't heard that go Stan Fries yeah. go listen to that Stan I would go from our house to the donut shop I could walk there with my kids mm-hmm. so literally every morning chocolate bar and a diet coke oh and i mean probably for 10 years i drank a diet coke and a chocolate i had a chocolate bar every oh. single day that's called motherhood that's called survival
1: <laughs> that's like AKA survival AKA food
2: so motherhood now i literally dialed it back about you know seven or eight years ago i stopped eating donuts every mm-hmm. day yeah yeah every day is not but bad. you know every now and then and the diet coke never left
1: no it's, 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 it's just where would you want it to go
2: i don't i don't want it to go anywhere and everybody who is going to send me stuff about diet coke i know it's bad for me (laughs) you could have seen the look of disgust i'm just tired of people telling me how bad it is i don't drink anything else i don't do anything like i don't do have very many vices look at your skin you're the healthiest person i know well my that's a good segue to what (laughs) we're doing today thank you Wow. Let's you must, hear it. You're like a professional or something. Kind of. Uh, we have in in studio today, we have a friend of this, the podcast. I have to introduce Lisa. This is Lisa Hawker. I want to introduce Lisa. I want to give her the dudes that she deserves. Absolutely. Mother. Entrepreneur. Recovering. What did you say? Recovering trial attorney. Recovering <laughs> trial attorney. That made me laugh. Uh, author. Yes. I would say inventor somewhat. Creator. Yeah, yeah. creator. Creator. That's a good one. Is there anything I'm missing? Mother. You said mother right off the top. Yeah, because I... No, I think you covered it. Very good. Well, Lisa's here. And the reason the segue to the skincare is in there (laughs) is because the reason I even know Lisa is because she helps my skin Mm -hmm. be the best it can be. I buy my skincare products, Roldan and Fields, from Lisa. Also, Lisa has her own podcast. She does have her own podcast. That's right. We missed that. Podcaster. Podcaster. Podcaster.
1: Podcast producer and creator. Plug your podcast. What's the name of it? So it's Direct AF. Mm -hmm.
0: And yes, AF is what you think it means. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Direct AF. What does that mean? It's also the title of your book. It is. So you know what AF stands for. I I do. not know if I'm allowed to say that on your show. (laughs) It's whatever you um, want to do is fine. So I so you want me to explain where I got that name from? Well, or yeah, and what does it apply that? to? Well, it applies to my f- style of communication, um, both in court and now out of court, and um, in the way I approach my life, in the way I approach my business, um, and the way I teach other people to sort of approach their businesses. You have to be genuine, authentic, honest, and direct, mm-hmm. and. I think uh, relationships are better off for it, communication is better off for it, um, and it makes life easier. And you said that you're a recovering <laughs> attorney.
1: Right. Uh, so that's not your job now. What do you do with Rodan and Fields?
0: So, okay. So I'm going to start from the very beginning. And by the way, yeah. earlier, before we started recording, we said that you weren't so much of a marketer. You're an excellent marketer.
2: I'm just marketing on- <laughs> up a storm right here. Just- <laughs> Watch me go. We have a problem marketing ourselves. I guess that's it. I'd
0: love to market you. What I want to make sure that I get out there is that I adjusted my course mm-hmm. <laughs> because my, I think what I wanted was so much stronger than the fear. Mm. And so I think, you know, sometimes people really need to get to a point where. <laughs> where they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, and so they're ready to jump even if they're afraid. So yeah. so I grew up in New York, and I knew I was a rare um, – and lucky person because I knew what I wanted to do with my life from a very early age. I knew when I was 16 years old, sitting in study hall. Now this is nineteen eighty-six, back when everybody had study hall. I grew up in New York. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys had that out here in California. Did. Yeah. you yeah. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did the teachers put, you know, magazines? I don't know, for some of the millennials, there are things called magazines <laughs> they have that paper. are paper. Oh. <laughs> I've heard.
1: No. What was so they don't So have... we
0: had like Time and Newsweek oh. and you know. Stuff like that, almost okay. like at a dentist's office, you know, where they leave stuff out for <laughs> yeah. you to look at. And yeah, I remember, um, you know, looking across the table and seeing what caught my interest. And what caught my eye at that particular day was, um, I think it was a Time uh, magazine. And it was an article about, or there's a picture of a woman on the front, and she was young, and she had um, those black prosthetic arms. Her arms had been um, cut off above the elbow and she was holding a baby. So I was like, what, what is going on here? So I I took a look at the article, and it was a story, a true story about um, a young woman, 15 years old, she was hitchhiking in Florida. And a van pulled over picked her up. And it was this, you know, horrible criminal who raped her, sodomized her, and left her in a ditch and cut off both of her arms with an axe. And she survived, um, got to safety, and as a result of the rape, um, became pregnant and kept the baby. And so that was the baby that...
2: Unbelievable.
0: Right. So I, I was so, like, furious and had all of this, like, righteous indignation, like, I need to do something. I need to do something with my life where I contribute to situations like this in some way. And I knew right away it wasn't going to be as a therapist or a psychologist (laughs) helping either one of them. I just wanted to make sure that he was locked up and never got out.
2: And people don't do this
0: kind of stuff. And if they do, they get have to pay the price. That's right. That's exactly right. That's what I felt. And so I decided I was going to be a prosecutor right there. Mm-hmm. At, 16, At 16,
2: you decided, I'm. that's my That's, that's my it.
0: That's what I'm going to do. Anyway. And I did. And I went to college in Boston, left New York, went to college and law school in Boston, graduated. I um, had to decide, was I going to take the California three-day bar and just get it over with? <laughs> <laughs> or the Massachusetts two-day bar? And I picked California. Um, I was bartending on Haight Street at a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore called Kansman. It was a Middle Eastern restaurant. Oh, my God, I ate all the olives. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, yes. Uh, And smoked all the hookah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was at work behind the bar when I got the call from the Lake County District Attorney's Office offering me a job as a prosecutor. So I took it not knowing that it was like, rural alabama practically yeah i had no idea coming from new york so lake county is north of napa and east of mendocino oh. trucks cowboy boots gun uh, racks i'm from northern california i've never heard of lake county i took the job <laughs> and i learned a lot yeah I and i did. had I, I think my first felony was an animal cruelty case oh interesting Okay, that was a felony animal. I made case. it a felony. Oh, you did! I filed it as a felony you because stepped that this guy—I stepped it up. Mm-hmm. This guy took a rabbit. Oh no! And chopped its ears off oh. in front of a kitten. I don't know if you if you know this. I only know this because I lived in Lake County and prosecuted this case. But they scream like a child. They do. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. It's, it's horrific. Terrible.
2: Convicted him. Good. Did he do time? Yeah. Did he? <laughs> That's because Governor Newsom wasn't the governor at the time. <laughs> Getting political. Oh, yeah. Already. Forgot. We're not doing that.
1: We're in 10 minutes and already. Well, it was
0: also like 1997. <sighs> so it was a different California back then. Right. For sure.
2: But, you know, animal rights are kind of the new thing. People weren't really like that. Worried about animals at that time, I don't feel like so. That's well, and kind especially of a in a win. rural area like right. that where Lisa's like, saying
1: everybody had a gun rack. Right. I've told this story before. It wasn't until I got to college that I became aware that when you buy a truck, it doesn't come with a gun rack. <laughs> you have to buy it and install it. I'm like, really? Because every truck I've been has a gun rack. I didn't. Yeah. Right? So this is very rural where animals are just sort of part of the thing right and it's they're not seen as pets. special yeah. or pets Love or whatever you. so that must have been quite something to well like it was also town. he
0: also had a really long record okay okay so that helped with regard to the sentencing sure and then it was also done in front of a five-year-old oh. and so that was sort of a circumstance and aggravation you know what? so but okay whatever yeah, and then okay. so a couple of horse starvation cases yeah uh. anyway my then husband who's now my ex-husband Decided, I'm going to go to law school. I was like, great. We moved down here to Orange County. He became a fantastic lawyer. He's currently a lawyer in the Orange County Public Defender's Office. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was a prosecutor down here okay. for many years. Anyway, this is taking way too long. No. So, <laughs> so life happened, and my ex-husband and I decided to move back to Massachusetts for a short period of time. And it was there that I became a defense attorney, a public defender. And I I didn't think I'd like it, you know. but it turned out that I loved it just as much as I loved being a prosecutor. Really? Um,
1: Yeah. You're doing the Lord's work, though, because you don't
0: know who you're getting day in and day out. And it really didn't matter. It didn't? No. No. The judgment went out the window pretty quickly. So do you want to hear about my first? Uh, 100%. Okay. I don't know what you're going to say next, but yes that's the beauty of me no one ever really knows what i'm gonna say next and (laughs) it's perfect for our podcast my current husband my current and final husband tony (laughs) he's along for the ride that's right oh he's locked in our husbands (laughs) are (laughs) the same thing
2: (laughs) our husbands are like "Uh uh-oh what's gonna come out of their mouth they They need to see his face when i'm at a
0: party and he's just like (laughs) i've seen that look what's gonna come out of her mouth next what
1: is she over there talking about yeah
0: they might want to Form like a support group,
1: the three of them, and
0: just be like, listen, we're not alone. <laughs> so go on. So I'm I'm sitting there. It's my very first case in Massachusetts, and it's a rape sodomy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Isn't that ironic? Ugh. That's what got you into it, and here full circle, right? Full, sort of, yeah. So um, I'm reading the police report, and... Um, It's a case – the way the police report read was my client, along with two other people, picked a girl up on the side of the road Uh, in a truck. uh, Similarity, right? Yeah. And um, they drove her to some remote location. They allegedly raped her and sodomized her, left her without her pants, and she was left on the side of the road to walk back home. Okay. So I pick up the phone, and I call my old boss, and I'm like (laughs) – I want to move back to Orange County. <laughs> yeah. I want my old job as a prosecutor back. I don't want to go to the jail. I don't want to talk to this person. He's like, put your big girl panties on and go mm-hmm. do your job. You're not moving back. Okay. So I went to the jail, which is a very interesting experience the first time you go. And back then, Ugh. there wasn't, you know, your knee to knee, belly to belly with your client. And I was freaked out. And I was... I had already judged mm-hmm. based on the report. Because up until this year, up until this moment, I had spent six years working with the cops. Yeah. Right. Working with, you On the know, other side. On the other side. Yeah. So I would already decided, well, mm-hmm. police reports tell the truth. And they do. But there's three sides to every story. Mm. There's the police report side. There's the client side. And then there's the truth. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, I talked with him, and the truth was that um, the alleged victim, my client, and his two friends all knew each other from high school, okay? okay? They didn't pick her up on the side of the road. They met her at a predetermined location after she had agreed to have sex with my client and anybody else that he brought. No. There was a videotape showing it was totally consensual, there was no sodomy, there was no rape, there was only consensual sex, all on video. The reason it wasn't in the police report is because they didn't have that side of the story. No, they only had the
1: victims. They only had the that alleged the victims.
0: victims. That was the alleged victim side. Why did she lie? Well, when she got caught at 3 in the morning coming home because her boyfriend
2: kept calling mm-hmm.
0: and woke up the people she was living with she felt trapped and made it up now can you imagine a bigger blessing for me let's focus on me Please. okay <laughs> let's not talk about my client. let's talk about me i insist first defense case everything was black and white for me up until then there's fifty shades of gray, no pun intended, in this case, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. What a blessing, right? If that's not a God thing, I don't know what is. Okay. And so, the, you know, after he spent a couple of weeks in in jail, um, because the bail was so high and he couldn't bail out, um, it was dismissed with prejudice, meaning they can't refile. And no, they did not file any false allegation case against the complaining witness. Or alleged victim. That's am- so. That was your first experience in that capacity, right? So think about what an impression that would have made on on you if sure. you were in my my situation. Sure. You know, I, I prejudge this young man, and it was it was not a not guilty. It was a factually innocent, right? So the the verdicts are guilty or not guilty, but there really is a third option, and that is like. When the murder was committed in North Carolina, I was in Paris, and here's the proof—like factually innocent. So right. there's a difference between not guilty in my mind and factually innocent. But so fast forward, I um, am working as a public defender. I'm there, you know, a minimum of nine to five, usually longer. And I'm now married, and I have four kids. Oh my gosh! Okay, so mm. this is this is an interesting little. So I planned my first two. And about six months, uh, my second son was about six months old, and we had a surprise, which turned out to be identical twins no. who are <gasps> the light of my life.
2: <laughs> you guys you should see their faces right now. <laughs> I always wanted twins until I had one. And then so you I was had like, a single one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Lisa, so, I did not know
0: that. You didn't. No. So um, So Jack was almost four, just shy two weeks shy of being four years old luke was um 17 months oh my gosh and i had these identical newborns Mm -hmm. i'm going to i'm giving you all the praise (laughs) i'm like no give my nanny (laughs) give my nanny all the praise anna maria
2: dan
1: but you are so now you got four kids under the age of four i have four
0: kids under the age of four and you're working full-time
2: and i'm working full-time and your husband is an attorney as well
0: so he's working full-time correct So I just remember thinking, well, thank God it isn't triplets, right? (laughs) Well, good way to look at it. Gloss half full. Yeah. But they are the greatest thing that has happened. I mean. How old are they now? 16. Still. 16. And God, they have got to get their driver's license. (laughs) I am just. They're both working it in and out. They're amazing kids. Yeah. I'm so
2: glad that that surprise happened. Something in the book you talked about was the work ethic that your parents gave you. Talk a little bit about you earning money to go to camp. Okay, yeah. I, and, and I am doing the same thing with my kids. I
0: grew up understanding from a very early age that life is not fair. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> life is not fair. This, this quest for equality is like pretending you're Cinderella it just Mm -hmm. it's a fairy tale life can't possibly be equal or fair because it's ever-changing so I um I grew up having to do chores but I was paid for those chores and so um my dad taught me how to bill like an attorney at a very (laughs) early age and so like Every good Jew from New York goes to summer camp. That's what That's we right. do. We wear black, yes. like we're all three wearing right now. Correct. And we go to summer camp for two months right. out of the out of the year. And my dad's like, "Okay, if you want to go, you've got to earn half the tuition or the um, whatever the cost is for the camp." Right. I can't remember what it was. It was you know expensive sure. and and all of that. And so let's just pretend it was like two thousand dollars, right? So I would have to earn. A thousand or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it was. So he said that I would earn a dollar for every hour. Okay. Right. And I'm making these numbers up. I can't remember what they were. And he would, he was in the insurance business at the time. And so he had this paper cutter and he would cut these like, you know, (laughs) strips of paper. Now we have stickies. Back then we didn't have that. But even if we did, he probably wouldn't have bought them. (laughs) I cut the paper actually. That was one of the chores when I went to his office, you know, with the big ass paper cutters. Nowadays we would never let our 12 year olds use it, much less, Right. They'll lose a finger for sure. Yeah. 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 So I would have a stack of these papers, and I would do my chores, and then I would write down the date that I worked, that time that I worked, what the chore I did was, and I'd bill him. Then on Sunday, we'd meet in his office at home. He had a home office. And we'd go through my billing. Reconcile. And we would reconcile. That's right. And so that's how, and I had a year to do it. I love your dad so much. But you have to delay gratification. You have to have your end goal start with your end goal in mind. So if I'm starting in September, I've just come home from summer camp. I want to prepare for next year. Right. Yeah. You're not thinking about it in in April. You can't yeah. think about it in April. You can't possibly make it. Right. So if your goal is X, so how much would I have to do in September? How much in October? You know, and so on. And then you have that gratification of seeing you, you know, seeing yourself, um, slowly in like incremental move, you know, motion getting to where your goal is. And it's interesting because that's exactly what I do now. So I didn't, I didn't have that same thing when I did trial work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a valuable lesson and it's interesting. Um, so the, the multi-level marketing company that I work for is, well, it's it's called Rodan and Fields. It's anti-aging skincare. And by the way, your skin really is glowing. Isn't it gorgeous? It is. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, ladies. You're welcome. i have got to keep true. you around more <laughs> often. No, it's true, though. And um, it's, it's funny because I've seen so many interviews with Dr. Katie Rodan and Kathy Fields, Dr. Kathy Fields. And one of the things that they have in common with each other and that I identify uh, with them is that they had very strong work ethic drilled into them Mm -hmm. at a very young age by their fathers Mm -hmm. they would have to go to the office and i say have to but they went to the office with them with their dads i think one was a dentist on the weekend they did chores they they were present with their dads and i think moms can do this too right but it's just really interesting and so when i when i look at other very powerful strong successful women entrepreneurs I'm noticing that one of the things, one of the common threads is this work ethic um, that was that was sort of instilled in them um, from a really young age. And so I'm doing that with my kids. And um, I hope, you know, my goal is to sort of make them the most um, functioning, high functioning, happy, adjusted, Mm
1: -hmm. um,
0: productive human beings that will contribute something
1: of value. Did you get pushback from the kids when you're like, no, you're getting a job or when you sort of, which was probably set in motion long before they were old enough to get it, go
0: out and get a job. I never had, I never said you have to get a job. They said, I can't, you know, they love working. They love it. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of just handing things over to. I'm not going to yes. pretend that I'm not. Right. But you have to remember, these are the the number three and four kids. They sure. watch their older brother work at Target. You know, they watch the behavior with coming home, doing the homework, getting the studying out of the way. You know, they have two older brothers mm-hmm. to emulate, mm-hmm. um, and their father works full time. I work. Right. And so it was just, you know, it's another thing. Like, I know one of the things that we've talked about is my exercise that I do. I'm Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. again, I think with boys especially, you have to just do. You have to perform the action.
2: Yeah. And that's going to speak so much more loudly. Mm -hmm. The example. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Everybody needs to be that example. I think it's funny when you have parents who are like, my kids are such and such and you look at those parents usually have the same traits that they're complaining about you know right like my kids are just lazy and you're thinking well the apple <laughs> doesn't fall far from the tree you know it's that kind of thing you're you're setting an example and doing
0: i hope so yeah i think so
1: so how did you get out of the world of public defending and on to the next step
0: so um, I have a really good girlfriend, Tamara, and she runs a company here in Orange County. It's Advanced Skin Fitness, and it, she does this amazing body treatment called Endermology. I'm going to give you her number. You're going to mm-hmm. have to go see her. But she, um, I had been going to her for years and laying on her table, and it's like a therapist's office. So I was laying there once again complaining about how unhappy I was. Um, as a full-time working mother who was never home with her mm. kids, who my amazing uh, nanny Deanna here in Orange County, when I was here with the kids, um, she taught all four of them how to tie their shoelaces. Oh no! I missed so many mm-hmm. school plays. I missed pajama day. I missed you know funny sock day. Like I, I, I was never in the right place at the right time. I yeah. was screwing up. Um, I felt like I was screwing up their childhood because I wasn't ever there. Right. And when I was in court, I was becoming increasingly more um, resentful. Yes. There's so many cases and so many lawyers in there that I was waiting hours to get one case called. And oh. so I felt like my life was... Uh, so I was incredibly unhappy with the balance between family and work. The truth is is that if if you want to raise your kids in the way I wanted to, I think it's extremely difficult to be a full-time nine to five working person and a mom. You can't have it all at the same time. No.
1: Was there a specific defining moment for you where you said this is it i'm I'm walking, or did you sort of evolve into realizing that nine to five wasn't going to work in your situation? it
0: was a It was a slow evolution, mm-hmm. But I think the thing that really pushed it over the edge was um, as your kids start to get into their teen years, you start to realize um, that there's only so many summers before they leave mm-hmm. yeah. for college. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and college in my household is as natural as high school. There isn't a choice. Right. Graduate school, you can decide whether or not you mm-hmm. want to go. Right. And it's not so much because I think college is for everyone. But I think it's a life experience that they have to have. I don't care I what degree they get. Yeah.
2: I agree.
0: Um, and it's also a nice way to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, being under mom and dad's, you know, sort of caretaking and being on your own. It's this like middle area yeah. that they can explore. It's an, evolution, it's for them an emotionally. evolution for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to get off on that tangent. So um <laughs> but so I was laying there on t- on Tamara's table and complaining and complaining, and she said, "You know, I have a new client, and she keeps talking about these amazing trips she's going on. Um, she works for Rodan and Fields, and she sells their skincare." Mm. And I looked at Tamara, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm a lawyer. I don't know how to sling eye cream. I wash my face with Dove, the same bar of soap that goes on my husband's, you know what? Like, seriously, I barely wear makeup, you know, so... I was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. And then I'd come back and Tara would be like, and now she's driving, you know, a car that the company gave her and this and that and the other. I was like, honestly, no, thanks. But like, how much could I even make, you know? Right. Calm
1: down, Tara. Yeah. Please.
0: Eventually, her client left me a sample of the skincare. Yeah. And I used it and I was like. This is so much better than Dove. (laughs) like it a wow. lot better. eyes wide open yeah <laughs> so i used it at like 10 30 at night and i texted the woman i was like thank you so much i love it i'm definitely going to purchase it but now i'm cu- i'm curious about the opportunity yeah so i met with her and long story short as i joined knowing that i was going to fail at it
2: mm.
0: was it outdoors was it outside sa- outdoor was it outside sales what was what was it so it's it's sales, it's online sales, it's, it's e-commerce. Online. It's not um, outside sales. Okay. So so the in, so, Rodan and Fields used to be in Nordstrom. Oh. And in the high-end department stores. Oh. When they launched Rodan and Fields, they sold their company. Estee Lauder bought it. Oh. <gasps> what? Estee Lauder bought their company and sold it, um, in department stores, but the doctors didn't like the way it was, um, being, sort of your skin changes when you use the products, okay? And so yeah. if you go into a department store and, you know, there's the MAC counters, the, the Lancome counter, the Shiseido counter, whatever, yeah. you go, Rodan and feels is very regimented. Right. It produces change in your skin. Right. And so as your skin changes, your needs change. And without that one-on-one personal um, relationship, like, well, now I'm noticing sun damage, you know, a clerk behind... The counter doesn't care whether you buy Rodan and Fields eye cream or Lancome's eye cream. Right. Right. So these doctors bought their company back. Oh, so in 2008, in the recession, they bought their company wow. back. Wow. Ooh, ballsy. Yeah. That's bold badass. Yeah, that's so great. And um, they had gone the route of the infomercial with Proactive, their first mm-hmm, creation. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were they're pro. Rodan and Fields is proactive. Yeah, I didn't even know that they I uh, use yeah. proactive for guys, I have to show you the picture. They literally made proactive in their kitchen with their babies crawling around on the floor, and there's pictures. Oh, oh. it's so unbelievable! They're like best friends. I know my mind is blown because proactive was life changing for, for
1: many, me. many teenagers. Me and Denise. Our tag is life changing skincare. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but it is life changing.
0: It, it is so. They they sold Proactive mm-hmm. in 2015. In 2015? Oh, so they had it a long time. Okay. Got it. Yeah. They sold Proactive to Nestle Corporation. Oh, okay. Wow. You know, chocolate, skincare, it's all good. But they made, they had built Rodan and Fields, the anti-aging line that, that I sell. Oh. I think in 2002, Estee Lauder had it, they bought it back, and now I sell it, mm-hmm. women like me. Mm-hmm. So the way it works is... Um, We, the multi-level marketing entrepreneurs who work with Rodan and Fields, we're independent contractors, and we sell the product through our website, which is provided to us by corporate, by Rodan and Fields. Okay. So we're all 1099 employees. We all work this um, in our own way, um, on our own time, Mm -hmm. and where we want. All we need is our cell phone or laptop, Mm -hmm. the ability to communicate, um, and you the, can do it from anywhere in the world, You basically. can do it from the beach. <laughs> you can. Which is where you should be doing it from. So I'll tell you where I built my business from. Yeah. I built it from my potty,
2: sitting on my potty. What? <laughs> um. All good things happen sometimes. Great, great ideas come. From the potty. From the potty. Go on. So
0: when I started this business, I was working full-time as a trial attorney, Mm -hmm. And I had the kids were in three different schools. My oldest was in high school, my middle was in middle, and the twins were in elementary. So before court, I had to get all of them Mm -hmm. to three different schools. I didn't have a driver yet, and get to court. So time was, you know, really short for me. I would get up before I had my coffee, take my cell phone and my readers into the bathroom, sit down, do my morning business, and text people.
2: That's the time you had.
0: That's the time I had, and I got the only privacy you had too. That's right. The well, by that time they're a little older, so. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, is that I utilized every spare minute that I had um, to be as efficient as possible, Um, and it worked. I built really quickly. and so for people who don't think that they have time to add something in, everybody poops. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know that book? At what point did the did the success of the, your work with Rodan and Fields outweigh what you were doing
0: as a lawyer and you decided to just all in – on your what began as your side hustle so about a year and I stopped taking cases new cases and then I finished up everything I had mm-hmm. and then I just let my license go inactive You still have to pay for the privilege of having an inactive license in California. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's really good.
0: They're so thoughtful. Really, they just, they want what's best for you. I'm sure
2: they're doing really great things with that money. Absolutely.
1: So it was about a year, it was about two years. years By the time you were completely removed from the law game.
2: What's a typical
1: week for you? Is it a forty-hour week, sparsed out amongst different times of day? I have no idea, really.
0: I really don't, and I'll tell you why. I'm like all in. I'm. You can't use me as an example because I have a big, big dream and a big, hairy, audacious goal that I want to achieve in this business. And so, you know, my phone is with me like all of us all the time. Yeah, and I. I have a hard time considering what I do actual work,
2: really? like for
0: example. Well, yeah, I'm texting Denise. Hey, girl, how you doing? Yeah, um, you, you need anything? Are you right. get running low? Right. I mean, Compared compare to that what? to <laughs> putting on a jury trial and prepping for yes. trial and writing motions. Like, yes. Oh, you have a sun damage spot.
2: I have something for you. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> that, that seems very important, though. <laughs> no, it is very important.
1: It is very important work, not just for the people that you're serving, but for also for yourself because I you love
0: it. love it. I love seeing what I'm capable of. Can I? Can I build the biggest team inside of Rodan and Fields? How many people can I help build a business of their own? You know, not a lot of people had an upbringing like I did, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people had parents, my mom and my dad, who instilled the, the, the skills or the talents or whatever it is that, that I have. And so if I can mentor somebody and help somebody build something for themselves, it doesn't have to be a 40-hour-a-week thing. It can be three customers. Right. It can be their car payment. Right, it can be a couple of hundred dollars, so they can go to Target, get their coffee, get away from their kids for a little bit. That's
1: what it's all about, and
0: not have any guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know
2: a lot. A lot of people don't understand the multi-level marketing. I think the very first thing somebody thinks of is that's a big pyramid scheme or a scam. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I think the quick answer
0: to that mm-hmm. is. Um, what makes people think that it's a scam is what makes people say how lucky you are mm, to have this that home. Cynicism. Um, not really fully understanding what goes into building something, building a business, and working really hard for what you have. And, and I'm going to explain what I mean. Um, when I heard about this opportunity, I didn't know what an MLM was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what direct selling was. I didn't know what e-commerce really meant, Yeah. right? When you're in your lane, you're in your lane and you're not really sure. focused on anything else. So because I didn't know what these terms meant, I didn't even know that there was a negative like connotation or stigma to it. Um, and it shocks me that there is. Because if you think about it, Avon's been around forever. I was just going to say,
1: <laughs> we were brought up on Avon, Tupperware. Jaff, Jaffra, yeah. New Skin, mm-hmm. and... Then it sort of turned ugly, like you sort of peeled back and saw some of the not so great things that were happening underneath that. Unfortunately, that's the stigma that stays,
0: but that's not necessarily what's actually happening. Right, right. So I think um, people who are either afraid of trying it might say no because they think that there's something illegal about it. Yes. Right. So it's a way to say no without looking into it. Or the people who have been in it and gotten out of it probably didn't have a whole lot of success. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm sure that there are some bad practices that go on with doctors, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. lawyers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With bad construction, right. Workers, pavers, r- right? There, yeah. there, are, there are people who don't do the job properly or well yeah. in all industries. so. I have been in it now for almost five years. I love it. There's nothing illegal
2: about it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, what is the MLM? You mentioned it, I think, in your book, or I read about it somewhere. What is the size of the market?
0: I mean, there is... It's all over the world, first of all. Direct selling is all over the world. There's hundreds of companies. Um, It's global. And it's billions and billions of dollars um, in the market. Mm -hmm. And so...
2: I think I read somewhere it's like 55 billion dollars and growing or I mean to a place of this is big money. I mean this isn't something's going right. Let me ask you this. How often do you go to a brick
0: and mortar to shop?
1: Not as often anymore, that's for sure. So
0: where do you shop? Online. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: What 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 was the result of COVID on your business?
2: it improved it grew you got to keep yourself completely dedicated to the cause because there's days when you don't want to do it how do you do that yeah I'm so glad you said that and I'm glad you're
0: refocusing me on on what on this important thing that you're referring to and that is the concept of discipline over motivation right right and um it It's something that I focused, I think, pretty heavily heavily on in the book. And and there's a reason for that. Because, you know, motivation is fleeting. Mm. It's not reliable, right? If it were, then we would all be fit. And our gym memberships would be... Um, current (laughs) and (laughs) people who you know people would be flocking to the gym in August and October as heavily as they do in January and February so you know I think a lot of people don't succeed most people do not succeed in multi-level marketing in sales at the gym on their diet yeah because they struggle with consistency that's it. Right. And belief, consistency and belief.
2: And so I talk about that a lot in the book. Um, You talk about discipline. And I love that idea, because it goes back to what we started out as, which was, it's not about luck. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's about hard work. It's
0: about consistent daily effort. Even if you're only working on your health, For 20 minutes a day. Or if you're working on your network marketing business for 20 minutes a day. I would rather my team or somebody that I'm working with do 20 minutes a day every day Mm. than an hour on Sunday. Ah. Right?
1: That's so important. Think about that from a
0: perspective of exercise. Yeah. Or dieting. Right. So you starve yourself on Sunday and then you eat pizza all week. Right. That ain't gonna work. It doesn't work. Or you work really hard on your business on one day, three hours...
2: But then you disappear for two weeks. Right. That's not going to work. You, you mentioned in your book, it says, an extremely easy way to start and create discipline in your life is to start with the small stuff that seems unimportant. Mm-hmm. Such as?
0: Such as making your damn bed in the morning, uh-huh. for example. Doesn't that seem so silly? But what does it do? It creates a habit right? Mm -hmm. And it's immediate gratification. You have accomplished this. You at least got your bed made. You at least got your bed made. What about 15 minutes of walking every Mm -hmm. day outside Mm -hmm. for three weeks? So
2: you're talking about little things to start out with.
0: Right, right. And one way to do it is, do you guys listen to Real AF with Andy Frazella? Okay. So he's got something called a power list. And a lot of other people um, have similar ideas. And, and what it is, is you have five things a day mm. that you write down that you're going to do. It's sort of a to-do list, but it's within your complete control. So for example, um, what if you started with your power list and made it three things? And this is going to tie back into what, I, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. On my list today, if I want to start small, And my goal is to build my business. What do you want to do? Build your business or do we want to use a health um, and fitness example? Let's use a fitness example. Um, I am going to write three things down on my power list. Three things that I am in complete control of. Not lose five pounds this week. Right? Right. Right. Um, I'm going to walk for 20 minutes outside. I'm going to drink 60 ounces of water. And I'm gonna eat a salad. Those are my three things. They're small. Mm-hmm. But if I do those three things every day consistently, what do you think is gonna to happen to my confidence?
1: Mm-hmm. It's gonna go up for sure. What happens though on the day I can't get that salad in? I- Why can't you? Because I was eating grilled cheese, the you know, donut. whatever,
0: because I chose a donut. So you didn't win that day. Mm-hmm. You don't get to make that little check. <laughs> and, and you can't win every day. Right. Right. You can't be successful at that every day. But if you have more wins than losses, yes. your confidence is going to begin to grow. And you're going to be more disappointed in yourself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get back to it the next day. Mm-hmm. And so then that becomes a habit. And all of a sudden, you don't need that on your list anymore. So you're going to take that off your list, and you're going to replace that with something
2: else. Because mm-hmm. you're walking every day now because you love it so much, and your and body needs it. And you're starting to it. see results. And you're starting to see results. Let me. I'm going to give you a little quote from your book. Consistently focusing on the same small, seemingly insignificant tasks creates a person who will carry that discipline into the bigger areas of her life. Then you go on to say, and this is the part I wanted to emphasize, for example, start with the tiny details of just doing the right thing. Hmm. And I love that because in the book, it talks about doing the right thing. Well, that's one of the core
0: values that I talk about in the book. And um, that for sure I have instilled into the kids. You do the right thing. You show up when it's hard. Yeah. Um, So here's a small example. Replace the toilet paper. (sighs) Oh. (laughs) yes right right it's the attention to detail put the cart back (laughs) put the cart back (laughs) i feel guilty now when i don't me too yeah me
2: too open the door for somebody that is coming in behind you or leave it open what is going on with people (laughs) and and all of these small
0: things add up to making you feel good about yourself and building your confidence and when your confidence is high like legitimately high, you know what I mean? Like not, you're not bullshitting yourself. Right. You know, you're strong, you know, you're capable, you know, you have good morals, you know, you do the right thing. Right. Um, It will bleed into the areas of your life that you have struggled with in the past. It just does. It's interesting. I have to think about, I have to (laughs) sit on that for just a minute
1: because you, you know, we compartmentalize ourselves into this, oh, this is what I'm really good at and then you don't think that that matters but it actually does because as you're saying now it's affecting a part of my life i'm not really very good at you know it does it does there's a crossover there
0: i think it yes and i think that when you begin to trust yourself and you know you know that you can do the small things mm-hmm you're going to trust yourself to be able to do the bigger things in areas that you didn't think you were good at. I mean, I didn't think that I would be good at selling.
1: (laughs) I love it. It's such a change of world to go from the world of law and public defender. I mean, that's that's
2: a whole situation in itself into sales. And in your book, you talk about that. And I love this. It says, fear is an emotional reaction. Courage is a decision.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Whoever wrote, wrote that is that? really smart. I better go back and read that. <laughs> you, you might want to pick up your own book. I know. What yeah.
2: emotional reaction enc- and encourages a decision? So, again, it's really taking responsibility for yourself and saying, yeah, I can do this. And it's about, it's up or to maybe me.
0: I can't do this, but I'm going to try it because yeah.
2: what do, you have what do I have to
0: lose? I think that's so important, especially raising
1: kids. I just have one son. And we spend a lot of time talking about what if I fail? What if you fail? So what? You tried it and you're going to learn something from it. And you may learn, oh, I'm just not good at that. That's not my thing. But you may also learn that, okay, it may not be my thing, but look what I found out that is my thing that sort of indirectly has to do with what I just tried. You know, failure has become a thing in our society
0: where we're like, oh, you can't fail. You can and you should. If you don't then there is no success, right? So how many, how many computers did Steve Jobs make before he landed on the one, which by the way then became a failure, yes, right? Yes, it did. Until the next version came out, until yes. the next version came out. So why is everyone so afraid of failure? Mm-hmm. Is, it the, is it, do you think that it's because they don't want other people to see that they tried something and it didn't work, mm-hmm. that they're embarrassed? That's part of it. But we always used to tell our son as well. People are so consumed
1: with their own successes and failures. They're not looking at your failure. No one cares. You're the only one who cares about your own failure. So I don't know. Maybe you do think, oh, other people are going to see me. That's not the reality. Other people may see you, but it's going to be in a reflection of their own success or failure. You know, and we, this was back in the day when Barry Bonds was on his big streak, and I hate to use him as an example of anything except for steroid <laughs> use, but the, my son was playing baseball and it was this big thing about how many home runs does Barry Bonds have. No one pointed out how many strikeouts Barry Bonds had. He, had his, he was the leader of his, not just his team, but he was the leader of MLB in strikeouts because he
2: had the most hits. That is such a great example because I think personally, the fear is so internal for most people that they cannot get past their own inadequacies
0: of failing. I don't know how to explain it. It just, if you, so when a new consultant starts with me, the only way to sell your product is to talk about it. Right, yeah. (laughs) So, but you're afraid, well, what if they think this? And what if they think that? And what if I don't sell it? And what if they don't like the fact they're going to think I'm just talking to them to say, that's all fear. Mm -hmm. But if you move into action, even though you're afraid, and you call five people and you say, look, I've just started this new business, I'm really excited to share it with you you're going to grow more confident as you do the action Mm -hmm. more, and then the fear will go away. And believe me, it will be replaced by a new fear. (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) you can be sure. (laughs) What if I don't hit my numbers? What if I don't ever get a new customer? What if nobody ever joins my team? And then once you move move into action, you get rid of that fear, it's going to be
2: replaced by another one. That's just how it is. Let's talk a little bit about your creative side. You've written the book, which I think is creative, first of all, and it's—I think it's really hard. <laughs> it is really hard, and it—it <laughs> it
0: was really scary. I would imagine I—I I, I, I had it half written. Um, I, um, someone said something, and my fear took over, and I stopped writing it for about mm-hmm. two or three years. Oh, two years because somebody because I was afraid, not because of somebody, but because I—I I heard somebody say something, mm-hmm. and and that I, influenced you enough i stopped right working on the book
1: why did you start writing a book in the first place what was the probably for that?
0: ego <laughs> oh no that's okay ego so, drives a lot so like i said when i first started the business i was a full-time working lawyer and so i had to develop my own system my own method of operating the business on a daily basis it needed to be super efficient. I created in what the bathroom. I call in the toilet. Mm-hmm. I created the five <laughs> daily steps. Mm-hmm. Um, step two was in the bathroom, um, <laughs> which is reaching out to five new people a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but my team grew fast, and my my sales volume grew fast, and so I started training. People were asking. I started training, and I thought, you know, there's enough room for success in and and my method can apply to any direct that's what selling I like company it. yeah I like it's, it, it for it's life. not specific yeah thank you I really like it for life it, it can be yeah thanks so um so I decided well why am I keeping this to myself I should share it with anyone maybe it can benefit someone and I didn't really want I, I wanted my name to be associated with it that's mm-hmm. the ego portion of it of just course. being honest yeah um, and so I wrote it and it was really, really scary to put it out there. I bad. Yeah. I get, you know, I was afraid that people were going to judge me. I was afraid it was going to be shitty and you not- wouldn't sell it. It wouldn't be successful. All the things. Right. Yeah. But I did it anyway because why not? Yeah. Action cures fear. The truth is, is that people are going to talk about you. <laughs> Absolutely. Whether you like it or not. And it's none of your business <laughs> what they say about you because it isn't true. Mm -hmm. And if it is true, oh, well. well. Yeah. It's not my problem. It (laughs) really isn't.
1: It's absolutely not. Yeah.
0: So there it is. So while I was writing the book, I was working with my then power partner. Her name's Bridget Kavanaugh. She happens also to be with Rodana Fields. (laughs) And we were talking about ways to motivate our team. She works on one team. I work on another. We don't make each other any money. We were just, you know, accountability and power partners. And we decided um, to put these income-producing activities that we do on a daily basis onto dice to gamify the daily actions that you have to take as a network marketer. So in my book is the five daily steps, but there's 12 sides to, <laughs> had to, to come die, up right? So, so I was like, well, what other things do we do that produce income over time right? in addition to the five daily steps? And we, you know, went back and forth and out came the dice. And so Direct AF sells, you know, custom dice. Yeah. And it's funny because um, I go to a lot of entrepreneurial events that have nothing to do with network marketing right. and direct selling. And I was sharing about the dice and anybody in sales can benefit, yeah. apparently, according to these, these people. The dice are available on directafsales.com.
1: Right. So you log on there and you, I logged on last night and there, there's something adorable about dice. But at the same time, it, I was like, I, I was so happy to see something that was just going to tell me, here's your here's your
2: goal for the day. Here's what you can do for, for So today. the idea is you roll the dice and whatever comes up on that dice is what you do for the day. That's right. And so go back to
0: the idea of the three things to do on your power list. Mm-hmm. Let's drop it down to two. Mm -hmm. Let's make your power list about working your network marketing business, right? You get up in the morning, the dice are sitting on your nightstand. You roll them. You get two things. (laughs) At some point during the day, before you go head to pillow that night, you
2: have to do this.
0: Execute on two things. Yeah. Less than five minutes a day. Give us an
2: example of what's on one of the sides of the
0: dice. Create an event for your network. Mm
2: -hmm. Plan an
0: event, right? So pick a date. Done. Is it easy or hard to keep people motivated? Impossible. Okay. It's impossible to motivate the unmotivated.
1: Oh, how interesting.
0: I mean, you can temporarily, right? Like here's a, um, if you do X, then I'm going to give you Y. But really, you know, the the entrepreneurs that really see success financially um, are the people that have the internal drive.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You either have it or you're willing to learn how to develop it. Right. Like developing discipline, right? Yeah. It's it's like a muscle, right? Nobody's born being disciplined. <laughs> no,
1: absolutely not. But the
0: good news is we can all become disciplined if we choose to, yeah, to work on it.
1: You're so goal oriented, goal motivated. What do you see in the near future and
0: the future future for your business and for yourself? So in the near future, on Sunday, mm-hmm. we're leaving for Dubai. <gasps> Stop it! I, I can't. D- uh, no, I don't. I've what? never been. I've never been. And what's in? Du- what are you doing in Dubai? I'm going to a multi level marketing mastermind with like people I'm in awe of, like people like Fraser Brooks. I've and heard you talk about this on the podcast. I'm super excited for you. It's finally coming. I know. Did my you husband... have
1: to be invited, or is this something you could say? This is where I want to be.
0: Oh no, I, I, it, it, so you, you can go and full-wind. do it. Yeah, okay. I mm-hmm. mean, you know. So while we're there, mm.
2: um, is your husband going with you? He is. Oh, that's okay. exciting. Yeah.
0: The fun thing about these events is that um, you, you know, you have your lectures and your learning time and all of that, and and then you go and you do fun things together sure. because. You know, network marketing is whether you're with my company or any other company, really, it's a self-development journey. <laughs> yeah, it is. into becoming the best version of yourself. And so you ask me, like, what's in the near future? What are the goals? The goal is to continue to learn more and more for myself, for my customers, but also for my team mm-hmm. so that I can pour into whoever wants to join the team and receive what I have to offer them so that they can then become the best version of themselves on their journey. And the ripple goes on and on, you know, you throw a stone into the lake, you don't really know the end of the impact, but it's a beautiful um, experience. Yeah, butterfly effect, you don't
1: realize what your single action is gonna is gonna do down the road. But also, you said something very important, like you can't You can't help others become better if you yourself are not confident and the best that you can be. And by going things like this, going to those kinds of things in Dubai, oh my gosh. Have you you been? No, but I'm just like, I'm just so envious right now. It's going to be amazing. Come with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So
2: by doing those things
1: that make you a better version of yourself, then you can impact the people around you.
2: We're so happy that you were able to come, and the one thing that we ask our guests, as you know, is to give us a little tag, a takeaway gift. Do you have one for us? I do, and I hope that you love it. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm sure we will. I'll guarantee it. So what I want everybody to do is I want them not to think about their why so much. I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek and mm-hmm. how he talks about knowing your why I think it's more important that you know your what. Mm. So determine what it is you want and go after it until it's accomplished. And then rejoice in that, feel the joy of your accomplishment, and then set another what for yourself. It's not enough to know why you're doing something.
2: It's not motivational enough.
0: It's not. It's so- too tangential. Mm-hmm. Is that. Did I say that word right? You did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's
2: the wordsmith. She would know. But so, I see what
0: the why is like because I want
1: to be helpful to others, because I want to feel the accomplishment. What is
0: the what in your life? What are you what are you working towards? Well, so for example, let's set um, let's set our what small. Okay. Let's set our what as I want to make a thousand dollars this month. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do I need to do to accomplish that? Not why I need $1,000, right? But right. if if I need to push myself to get to work, uh, what's what are you going to focus on? Accomplishing what you set out, I need the $1,000. So start with your what, work toward it, achieve it, keep going, and then set a new one. So what am I working toward? Well, Dubai, I was working toward Dubai. So that's going to be here in a second. Well, that's done, right? I come back, it's done. Now what? What's going to keep me motivated or disciplined to keep going?
2: Yeah, not why. Setting
0: another what.
2: I love it. Love it too. So it's not about your why, it's about your what.
0: That's the takeaway.
1: I love it. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much. I'm so inspired. I could talk to you for another two hours. We want to make sure and plug all of Lisa's many endeavors. Get on Amazon. Look up Lisa Hawker for her book, Direct AF Sales. It it was an Amazon bestseller. It was? Yes, it was. I know that.
2: (laughs) You knew it. I did know.
1: Also, Lisa has a podcast. Lisa, what's the name of your podcast? Just Direct AF. Direct AF. Yep, Direct AF. You can also get online. And I did the search just Lisa Hawker and Dice, (laughs) and they come right up.
0: Oh, good! Yeah, so you can find those anywhere. They're super. I hope they're helpful for people. You know, a way to gamify the mundane tasks
2: of what it takes to build. I think it is. I think it's a. I think it's such a simple idea that is really genius, and you literally don't have to overthink it. No, and that's what they're all about. It thinks for you. The <laughs> dice think for you. They you.
0: tell you what to do until it becomes so routine. Oh,
2: I wish you could make regular dice for just like so many things. people
0: have said that, and other like, people have requested dice for chores for their kids. Oh, oh. let's get on it. Do it. There's do your it. next
2: side hustle, Lisa, Lisa the Dice Lady. <laughs> <laughs> She's got great skin and great dice. That's- <laughs> It's a rare combination.
0: (laughs) Uh, Now I'm going to have to get big fuzzy dice to hang from my uh, windshield or my uh, rearview mirror in my car. You You already have them. Don't lie. (laughs) You
1: already have them. We're so glad to have you on, though. Uh, We'll uh, make sure that all of Lisa's information is on all of our social medias so that you can connect directly with Lisa and all of her great products and see what it is that she's doing. In the meantime, we're two average girls. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We'll see you next time. Dun 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 dun